You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. On this episode of AGW, we are joined by Claire Noonan. Claire grew up in Brockton, Massachusetts, where as a child, she was drawn to theater, dance, and all things performance. She started cultivating an impressive AG collection from a young age, which included historical dolls, Girl of Today, Biddy Twins, AG Minis, and even pets. She currently resides in gorgeous Newport, Rhode Island, where she is studying to become a special education teacher and is our very first Gen Z guest. Claire, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Welcome, Claire. I feel like at the top of the show, we just have to get it out of the way that Claire and I are cousins and also yeah. fellow Massachusetts, because that's probably <laughs> gonna probably gonna inform a lot of our talking points and reminiscences right. during the episode. Definitely. Definitely. Claire, we are so excited to connect with you today. And I know I have a few years on you. I was probably (laughs) phased out of American Girl by the time you were born. So I am especially excited to chat with you today and hear all about your experience with AG and what it really transitioned into over the years and see what remained the same. So before we get into the world of AG, let's start off. What were you like growing up? So growing up, I was very into dolls in general, but I just had this active imagination. And like you said, I was really into theater and stuff like that, but I was always playing pretend. And I have this one memory of my mom when we were in the car one day, I didn't have any toys on me. And she noticed me in my car seat playing with my fingers as if like my fingers were dolls. And she just turned to me and she was like, you have the biggest imagination I've ever seen in a child. Like I'm making all my fingers talk. They all have like really intense background stories. And one of them's the (laughs) villain and the pinky finger is evil. It it was crazy. I was just so like that where I was always playing pretend. And I loved American Girl Doll for that reason. That is so interesting. (laughs) And like, so like, just such like a good example of what you were like growing up. That is so cute. I can't get over like the cuteness of that imagery, especially because picturing Claire as like a little toddler, she was like the cutest little kid. (laughs) Get this girl a doll. (laughs) Well, they did. And they definitely did. Yeah, Claire, I feel like you're kind of underselling your interest in um, like performing and stuff because I remember attending quite a few uh plays and performances in which there you start in there was a lot of that um oh I I started performing in first grade I was a munchkin in the Wizard of Oz that was my big big breakout role um, and from there I ended up going to an acting program after school at this little performing arts academy called Capuchonis 
right like near my house it was so convenient but it was kids from all over the south shore of massachusetts and it was so so much fun i went to competitions for them and did like a ton of acting across the eastern seaboard actually i went down to connecticut mystic connecticut for competitions and stuff it was so much fun i really loved that that's amazing i love that you were able to kind of nurture that from a very young age and you know, have that as one of your hobbies growing up. What was your, what was your dream role? I really loved Les Mis, which I know theater people are like, oh gosh, Les Mis, but I (laughs) loved it. And I wanted to be Eponine so badly. And they always tell you don't audition with songs from that musical, but I always auditioned with her songs, always. (laughs) Wait, why did they tell you not to audition with Les Mis songs? It's, I mean, it depends what you're auditioning for, but it's, it can be like kind of, obviously kind of a downer. If you've seen the show, it's a little depressing. And a lot, it's overdone. A lot of people do it. So at my theater school, they were like, please stay away from it. And I just refused. I played refused. <laughs> Is Eponine, and excuse me for using the um, okay. <laughs> movie as a reference point, but is Eponine the Anne Hathaway character or the no. non-Anne Hathaway character? That's Fantine. Eponine is the one who dies. I, she doesn't get the guy. She's that one. Okay. The daughter of the mean people. <laughs> okay, I think I remember. I think I definitely remember now. That's taking me back. Oh, I'm like, yeah. why not audition with that? That's like every musical has its like like main female role. I feel like that everybody thinks they want, and then it's like the fun female role, right? And I feel right. like Eponine is to Les Mis as like Rizzo is to Grease. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. That is a great comparison. <laughs> Well, Claire, let's get into your AG connections here. So take us through what your earliest memory with American Girl was. How old were you when you were first introduced to the world of American Girl? um, And how did that all come together for you? So, Laura, you're my girl cousin on my mom's side, but Mm -hmm. I went to daycare at my dad's side of the family, my aunt over there her house where I had another older girl cousin who's a little older than you Mm -hmm. and she had just the biggest American girl collection I've ever seen to this day like must have been like 10 American girl dolls like the full dolls not including bitty babies or anything wow Um, and so I would go over there it was insane it was so I I gotta give her your give you guys her info seriously Um, (laughs) we need to have her on I remember like even from when I was a little kid and would see her sometimes like her having all basically Lindsay she had like every single historical doll like your friend early yeah wow it was insane did you ever interact with her Laura about her dolls or was it like from a distance um, I remember when I was like a little kid, cause I think that the age difference between me and Jillian is probably like similar to the age difference between you and me, Claire. Yeah. Um, but I remember as a little kid, um, talking to her about it because I think I probably got one for Christmas and probably saw her around Christmas time. And she was like talking to me about it or maybe it was like bitty baby or something but I definitely remember her having so many because I remember even as a little kid being like bowled over by it it was a lot it's so interesting like I never interacted with my cousin's cousins like those are people that are complete strangers to me and it's weird (laughs) that like my cousins have an entirely like different cousin life (laughs) it's so funny because it's it goes both ways so I've 
there's a little bit of an age difference between Claire's older cousins and me and an even bigger one between like her younger, younger cousins and me. But um, I've, I've interacted with both of them. And similarly, Claire has interacted also with my cousins from my dad's side a lot. So yeah. I think it's just because like everybody was local growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I have some cousins on my dad's side that are like similar in age to Claire that definitely cross paths a few times. Definitely. Yeah. We're just, we're just really tight families that we're, mm-hmm. we're always together at least once during the year, I feel like. Yeah. And our moms both love hosting. So I feel yeah. like, the, like the, <laughs> the way we were like interacting with this like extended, extended family is because like either Claire's mom or my mom would like host a big gathering at the house. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. So it was your cousin Jillian that introduced you to the world of American Girl. Yeah. How did, how did you get your own? So I would play with hers all the time and she would teach me how to do their hair and all of that. And I must have been like five years old. So Dangerous for Christmas. territory of right, doing the hair. Right. <laughs> Correct. It was a disaster. I'm pretty sure I yanked one of Molly's pigtails like off of the little. It was awful. It was so generous of her to take that risk <laughs> with the, right. there the was hair. A factor. It didn't go well. I think I, I think I did cut off one of Molly's braids when oh I was gosh. three. I don't know. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> Just the one. I don't know what happened. Oh my gosh. Well, I digress. That was terrible. (laughs) So that Christmas, my grandmother on that side gave me a bitty baby. And I was so young, but I was so excited to be like Jillian and to be like Lara. And I brought it everywhere. And I would like put lip gloss on it and like bring it around. I put eyeshadow on it from my Winnie the Pooh eyeshadow kit. And I brought it to Disney with me when I would turn six and I did all this stuff. It came everywhere with me. It was an obsession. So then from there, like other Christmases, I started getting like the historical dolls. I ended up getting Biddy twins, all of that. Can you walk us through your doll history and your collection? So after I got Biddy Baby, I got Samantha. And I loved Samantha so much. And at that point, I must have been about seven years old. So I had had Bitty Baby for a while. Bitty Baby was now covered in marker and makeup. So they decided, <laughs> hey, you know, it's ready. <laughs> it's, it's time to get a new doll. So for Christmas, I got Samantha. And it was the anniversary collection. I, lo- I looked on the website and it shows her original outfit with like the plaid dress with the bows and the hat and the shoes and the book that came with it and the locket, which was the best part because I also wear a locket. I've always worn a locket since I was like five. So I was like, she's the doll for me. She almost looks like me. I gotta have her. <laughs> so I got her for Christmas. And then I had this friend um, down the street from me, Maddie, And she saw my American girl really wanted one. So she got one for her birthday. And I think it was Kit Kittredge that she got that they would play together. And then because I really enjoyed playing with the two historical dolls, the following Christmas, I got Nellie, who's Samantha's best friend, who they don't even really sell anymore, I don't think. Yeah, Um, that's a rare one for sure. I I remember when Nellie came out because Nellie was always a character in the books and I remember, uh, well, for our listeners who may or may not recall, Nellie is Samantha's like working class friend from (laughs) the books, but they came out, I think first with Nellie as like a companion doll to the Samantha collection. And then I think eventually they came out with Elizabeth, who is Felicity's friend. Um, And I'm not sure 
if they did it for any other ones, I would assume they probably did. But I remember um, I was like aged out at that time, but I remember seeing Nelly and being like, oh my God, like if I were only like younger, I would have loved to have the Samantha Nelly duo. I'm jealous of you. Seriously. I loved it. I loved it. They were best friends. And then I could like give one of my other neighbor best friends Nelly for the day and we could be best friends and cart them around the neighborhood. It was the greatest, the greatest. I made so many friends by bringing both of those dolls to the playground <laughs> and to daycare. Yeah, it was the greatest. I loved that those dolls. It was so fun. Were you keeping the storyline with Samantha and Nellie, like Samantha working in the factory and befriending Samantha and then later being adopted by Samantha's aunt and hot uncle guard? Like, was that something that <laughs> carried through when you were playing? Yes and no, in that I read the books, like I read their book that it, the doll came with repeatedly, almost every single night my parents would read me a chapter or whatever. I really loved those historical books. So when I started playing with them, I was like, oh, we're going to reenact it. Like Nellie's over here at the factory. But then as I got older, I know that's terrible. Oh my God. But- that's just so funny. Right? <laughs> Uh, at the beginning that's what it was though and then as I got older I kind of was just incorporating it into other play like my friends and I would play pretend outside on the swing set that we were on the Titanic and then Samantha was my daughter on the Titanic and we had to get on the escape boat like whatever they just (laughs) they were characters and they were props at that point (laughs) oh my god I love that so much that's incredible I don't know this is just a side note but I was obsessed with the Titanic when I was younger and learning about the Titanic (laughs) (laughs) yeah still obsessed and Samantha and Nellie are right around that time period so very historically accurate what about Mm -hmm. like your other dolls girl of today that kind of looked like you and then the brunette bitty twins when did they enter the collection so I got them kind of back to back for Christmas so first I got Samantha then the next Christmas I got Nellie both from my grandmothers from my grandmother I think and then the following Christmas I was looking through the catalog because it would come to my door every every month or whatever it was I was so excited I would look through it I would circle all the clothes that I wanted I would circle like this one I could have a dog for Samantha that'd be so much fun like I could give it a name and give it a collar whatever so then I saw that those lookalike dolls had come out and they had one finally with green eyes and freckles. I really wanted the freckle situation so badly because I am super pale with freckles. Finally, they had one with like the green eyes, the brown hair. It had bangs. I didn't have bangs, but I got over it because I just really <laughs> like I really wanted the shoe to fit. So I got this doll for Christmas and it finally came in the mail and I named it Hope. And I was so excited and so proud to show off this doll and I brought it to my neighbor's house and let all my neighbors see it and then they said that doesn't look anything like you Claire that could never be a look like it it didn't really look like me but it was just the excitement of it and I didn't let it (laughs) destroy me I was like this doll is coming everywhere with me I would sneak it in my backpack to go to like third grade or whatever grade it was she came with me everywhere she was and Samantha I feel kind of bad she kind of took like a back seat at that point I was all about that look like doll that's really interesting other people that we've spoken to you've actually touched on two points 
um, that we've covered in past episodes about the Truly Me dolls. One, most people do not name theirs. So I want to get back to that. Oh. And the second point is that a lot of our guests who have had those dolls those were the ones that weren't the focus. Like it's always been the historical dolls that have been like their pride and joy. And the truly me's were kind of cast aside. Like Missy's with Casey was just kind of like an afterthought. And I am so interested to hear about this because that's, you know, unlike what we've heard. So going back, how did you name her hope? Where did this come from? (laughs) I picked out of a hat, actually. I decided I was (laughs) going to pick I had a ton of beautiful ideas and I just could pick one. So I grabbed my dad's old Boston Red Sox baseball cap and I crumpled up like a bunch of different names in it. And they were all like, some of them were like really cool names, like Lorelai or like, I don't know, like crazy ones, but also (laughs) people that were like my BFFs that I would love to have a doll named after them. And one of them was Hope because I had this little girl that I went to preschool with and kindergarten with named Hope and she had special needs. And I like, I felt like her older sister and I loved her and I was so proud of her. So I was like, crumpling it up, putting it in the thing, whatever. And I shook the baseball cap and then I pulled out a name that I didn't like and I threw it on the ground. I said, I'm going to try one more time, (laughs) one one more time. So then I picked one more name and I got Hope and I was like, oh yeah, that's the one. That's the one. So I named her and I just can't see having one without a name I feel like that's crazy bananas that you would play with something that was nameless I know it's weird like I wonder if this trend towards like the emphasis on the um like girl of today truly me dolls and like also like giving them more of an identity has to do with like the shift from like Lindsay and I's era of American Girl into like your era, which was when I think Pleasant Company started putting more emphasis in general on like the modern day dolls and like those accessories and whatnot. But yeah, I couldn't remember even if my, I had one girl of today that didn't look like me. I couldn't remember if she had a name at all, but it seems like a trend, like more towards like the later years of American Girl. Huh. That's really interesting. I, I wouldn't have even considered like not giving her a name. I find it so fascinating that people that you've interviewed didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, just Missy with Casey, right? Oh. Missy Missy had Casey who was named, but she was yeah. definitely like not the, the prize of her collection. But we had a guest on, Danny, that did not name her Truly Me. And... Maybe some others. I don't know if Airly had named her. I don't think so. Truly me, but it's really interesting to hear about everyone's different experiences with them. And I had seen in Airly's collection that she actually received books with her Truly Me, where you could like write your own story for the doll. Did you get into that as well? I think I did, but I I probably if I had done it finished it within like two hours and then it ended up in the trash like I wasn't (laughs) I don't think it was anything that I held on to for sure but I wasn't I was interested in reading the books and I was interested with playing with the dolls like I don't I'm not sure that would have been like my big like I'm so excited to do this activity. Fair enough. Was there any overlap between the two of you with American Girl? Were you playing with them together or was that crossing paths a little bit with your ages? I think I got my last American Girl when I was 10. Yeah, I probably had my bitty baby at the very least. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember Claire getting her first American Girl because I Claire got Samantha's her first. I also got Samantha's my first from different family members, but still, that's the one that we both seem to. Well, for me, it was chosen for me, but I I still gravitated towards Samantha. But I'm trying to think if there was any overlap. I would say like probably around the time I got my like final American Girl, but like. The age difference was enough so that like when when I was like seven or eight and Claire was like a little baby, like she was like my baby baby. <laughs> like I used to like I used to like pick up uh like my brother and my cousins and like carry them around and like <laughs> hug and kiss them like they were dolls. So I feel I feel like that was the overlap. <laughs> That is amazing. But I definitely feel like I remember, Claire, like you getting your American Girl stuff and being like very excited for you. I love that. Yeah. Were you like kind of looking at her and her collection being like, "Ooh, I remember these days or I want that. I definitely think that I like because I think we can all relate to this but when you grow out of American Girl it's kind of like bittersweet like because you don't really want to stop playing with them or like it's not even about playing with them it's like about like playing with them was one aspect but also like having the outfits and like reading the books so there were definitely for me um a few years after the fact where I would still like really love to look at the catalog So definitely, I think like Claire, when you got like your dolls um, or like when my other cousins got theirs on my dad's side of the family, I was like nostalgic for (laughs) getting (laughs) mine. But like you also are like, you know, I'm just too old for that now, but you can kind of live vicariously. But I do remember getting when I got my blonde bitty twins, which Claire, I'm envious because you got the brunette bitty twins. (laughs) I believe I received those at your house from... I, yes, you did. I remember it. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just remember my mom was like, oh, like, Laura one time was at our house and she got the Bitty Twins and blah, blah, blah. Maybe you'll get them someday and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. so adorable. <laughs> that was before you had your Biddy Twins, but after you had the Biddy Baby? Yes. Yeah, because the Biddy Twins came out like right in the middle of my American Girl phase. So I, and I was like fully hung up on the dolls and I saw that the blonde ones had come out and they only had the blonde ones. And I was like, not me. I'm not blonde. I'm not falling for this again. Like my doll that is supposed to look like me doesn't already look like me. Like I'm not doing it again. I'm waiting till at least they have brown hair. Like at least at minimum, that's what I need. And then finally, (laughs) right towards the end, like I was kind of growing out of the American girl phase and I was like, this is the last thing and then I'll be good. Like, I just (laughs) want these brunette ones. And then like, I might not even play with them that much, but I need to have them. And I got them and I was so excited. That was like the pinnacle of my whole collection. So how old would you say you were when you got those, Claire? Like 10, 9? Probably probably like 10. I was was just getting to that age where I was ready to put them away, but then I got them. And so it like prolonged my phase for like a couple (laughs) of years. Yeah, well, same here. And I'm like, I'm thinking back and I'm like, like the idea of receiving like a baby baby doll at 10 thinking back right. on it I'm like was I okay but like <laughs> I just really wanted I think I just similarly to what you were saying like I just wanted to complete the collection right and not yeah, only one but two 
<laughs> exactly. I'm responsible right. for two babies. <laughs> Three exactly. with bitty baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Claire, at what point did you receive the minis? And like, did you receive them all together or were those like more collectible for you? I got them separately, but I think I got two around the same time. And it was at the time where I was phasing out of the playing with the dolls and I was more into reading the book so really I was just after like the Rebecca book I really mm-hmm. liked Rebecca so I I got the book and then it came with the little mini doll I got that for Christmas and then I got Addie and I got Felicity together for my birthday I think my birthday's in February so it's like right after that Christmas and I was just excited to read the books I was really into history by then I was I was that was probably right after I got the the Biddy twins I think I got those the same Christmas so I was probably like 10 years old um so it wasn't so much about playing with them I did Mm -hmm. kind of play with them I had like a dollhouse or whatever but it was more about the history and the books and learning and stuff right totally it seems like American Girl just like ekes out like every last drop that they can like we know you're phasing out but here are the bitty twins wait wait (laughs) there's more here are these mini dolls that you don't even necessarily need to play with like (laughs) how could we get you like for every last drop that you're worth but I I never got the mini dolls like were they supposed to be dolls for your doll yeah they're pretty small and they come with like the little teeny tiny book so that your doll can read the book that you're reading so I had that and my dolls, I, I wasn't even using them for that. Like, I don't, I don't even know what I was doing with the mini dolls, but I was so excited to have them. And I, I had them all situated, all my dolls in like the corner of the living room in like a nice, if you were to take a picture of them, they were perfectly in position. So like Samantha's arm was around Nellie and then like Hope was sitting right next to them. And then the bitty twins were over here, whatever. And each of them were holding one of the little dolls. I think that was the extent to which I was playing with them. <laughs> That is adorable. Laura got me the mini Samantha for my birthday. And then I went through like three rounds of intense eBay bidding to get like a whole collection of the others that I didn't have. (laughs) So now I, now I have like maybe like five plus the random nurse doll from Molly's Christmas set. She's also included in my collection and I bought them to like create content with for our Instagram. (laughs) I haven't put them to use yet, but like, they're all like very raggedy. Like these are like played hard with the hair is all frazzled, but I feel like it adds to the charm, especially compared to Samantha, who is like pristine. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. The only thing I'm uh, like, slightly disappointed in or not disappointed but just like wistful about Lindsay is that Samantha the version I got you doesn't have her original outfit but she still has a beautiful outfit her dress is beautiful and I prefer her dress like overall with Mm -hmm. the outfit that she came with Mm -hmm. dress but yeah there's something so nostalgic about that checkered meat dress Totally. Um, Claire, what about outfits for your dolls? Did you have any outfits that you were like, okay, this is like my doll's best look? I bought everything for those dolls. Like I I have two giant, we just moved house. Um, We moved to a different part of Southern Massachusetts 
but I have like two full bins full of American Girl clothes, both from the catalog. And like, I would go to like fairs and they would have like a booth for them. So I could buy like a princess outfit that had nothing to do with American Girl in case I wanted to play pretend, like whatever. And I had like anything from a nice raincoat to go over an outfit that I already had to like an outfit for the dogs that I also had for them. I had like two dogs and a cat or something. So I had like dogs uh, outfits for that. I had a tub to bathe the dogs. I had like these crazy shoes. Like I think I bought platform heels for Samantha at one of those (laughs) little pop-up shops. That makes no sense, but I did it. Oh my God. But see, I'm glad you're bringing up those like little like fair or flea market experiences of of American girl clothes. Cause I keep wondering if that was like a fever dream. Cause I remember (laughs) buying clothes there too, but like my, neither me nor my mom could remember exactly where, but like, I'm, I'm thinking I had like some kind of like martial arts outfit that I got from one of those um like little flea market stands and they must have been popular around American Girl time where people were like we can make good money like producing clothes that fit American Girl dolls and they made a killing off of me that's for certain I remember I would go to them like (laughs) twice a year just for that just for that I didn't care about any of the rides or anything but at at this I think it was the the top sealed fair or something they had like two booths and I would go back and forth and buy crazy outfits with whatever money my mom my mom got me it was the it was the ride of my life wow (laughs) the catalog only offers so much when you think about it like they're you know adding things new each quarter or each year whatever it might be but like to really build up your collection you kind of have to search out like elsewhere So Claire, one of the most important elements to mine and Laura's AG experience was the catalog. And, you know, at a certain point, like, are people as excited about the catalog as they were back then, since everything is online now? So tell us a bit about your catalog experience. And maybe that like, you know, were you also looking at things online and what that was all like for you? I don't remember so much looking online for things. My family had like one bad desktop computer that took like a thousand years to load anything so I would go over to my neighbor's house to use the computer and we were mostly playing club penguin at that time on that so (laughs) although one time I think we tried to buy a goat on Amazon but that's that has nothing to do with this I wasn't really on the computer that much but I also wasn't really at an age where I wasn't born in the age where mail was like that like I, I remember Auntie Robin, Laura's mom, saying that she would circle in the catalog and look through the catalog and love the catalog. I didn't care. I mean, I liked to look through it and see what was available to me, but I don't think I so much was jumping for joy waiting at the mailbox for that catalog to come in, which is sad now that I think about it. But I was like, <laughs> I wasn't, I was like a kid. I was like, mail, I don't really care. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was that big of a deal to get it but once I got it and my mom sat me down was like okay look through it Christmas is coming up I would look through it and then I would kind of get excited like oh I could have this for Christmas oh my gosh like my doll needs this hat stuff like that (laughs) so you were looking at it from more of like a um opportunistic point of view it's like the (laughs) holiday the holidays are coming and you got to put your list together um so you're going to sit down with the catalog Right. I, I And I would do that even with like the Target catalog. So I don't think it was that much 
about the magic of the American Girl mm. collection. Although it was so, once I sat down, like I said, I was so excited to be like my doll. I could buy an outfit that I could also wear like the same time as my doll and I could match. And I actually did get one of those outfits one year. <laughs> Wait a um, second. What outfit did you get? This is important. Oh, okay. So my my dad went to Chicago to visit my older cousin Matthew one one year. He was in college there. And at the time, there was no American Girl store in Massachusetts, but there was one in New York and in Chicago. So my dad, without me, dragged my uncle, who's like 50 years old, to the Chicago American Girl store and bought this bright pink dress. It was it was pretty horrible. It was like a a dress but it had like a but it was a button down and it had a collar and it had a pink belt to go with it 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 was a horrible outfit now that I'm looking back but and then my doll also had it so it was like a button up dress it looked like a button up like dress shirt but it was like long and it had like the bright pink peach belt to go with it and then it had like a blue American Girl logo right here I think it was all right so um, this was like a a truly me or a girl of today outfit this wasn't like a historic doll oh no oh no it was like (laughs) it was but I also at the time that he bought it I only had the bitty baby so I must have had bitty baby wearing that at the same time saying I would bring bitty baby into kindergarten with me wearing that I must have looked ridiculous and so must that baby doll but (laughs) whatever I my dad whenever he would get me dressed for kindergarten he would put me in that every single day and my mom would have to be like no she's worn that three days in a row you need to reel it in (laughs) he was he was proud of himself he was it was the worst outfit in the store but he bought it he went all the way there so you know what he's the best that's a really cute story Claire were there any like items catalog notwithstanding that you never got the opportunity to order for your doll that you still think back on and you're like oh that would have been so amazing to have um I don't know I really all of the clothes were really really I just wanted all of them I think what I really liked though I I think I really would have wanted Julie and like some of Julie's stuff towards the end I think I was becoming like a mini hippie and I wanted like the the peace outfits and like the the headband with the flowers on it and I wanted that for my lookalike doll because I was dressing up like in clothes from justice and the the colors (laughs) and the peace signs and whatever um but I don't know if there was any one thing in particular that I really really wanted because I was so spoiled and I had so much I had so many dolls and so many clothes you're not the first person who said that I think that I think that some of the like later historical dolls that they've come out recently have a lot of cool stuff going on. Like even I look at them and I'm like, okay, bell bottoms. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> Claire, Claire, who were some of the historic dolls that were like most popular? So Samantha was like the best. I I will love her forever. She's my favorite doll. But things never change. Yeah. Right. right. She's terrible. She's the best. But I think Kit Kittredge had just like sort of come out during like in the middle of my phase and my neighbor got Kit and we watched a movie for like every movie night and made popcorn and watched that and we would like we would go outside the day after we watched it and we were all hyped up that we saw it and we would go out and pretend to be like hobos and like do like crazy (laughs) I know we were 
we were off the wall. But <laughs> we, we loved her. I also really liked Rebecca um, because my dad is like really into that era of history. And so I was like, I wanted to be like him. So I got that mini doll of her. And I just, once I read about her, I just thought she was like the coolest as well. And there was one more. Kaya, I think it was Kaya. I also really liked her right at the beginning. And my cousin Jillian had her, I think. So I, I was really into her, but I, I never got any of her stuff. I was going to say also your cousin Laura had her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> of course you did. I did. She was like one of the last ones I got. And I think I remember like Kit, similarly to what you were saying, Claire, it was definitely like towards the end of my time. But I remember Kit being like, a real game changer um because she had like short hair she had a little bit of like a more fun vibe than like some of the older historical dolls um and I remember like tons of people getting kit towards the end of my American Girl obsession but I would say she was like the new Samantha for a while she definitely Mm. was and I was (laughs) so excited when my neighbor got her and got the movie and stuff and it really showed us like how I mean, all of the other historical dolls are so great and that they show like such great qualities and like an empowered woman, a young woman. But Kit was so much more interesting, arguably, than the other dolls that had come out around that time because she was so spunky and interesting and she deliberately disobeyed a lot of like what her parents were saying and stuff to do the right thing. And I just thought that she was so cool in the way she did it. But she also was so fun and like light and happy. And she did have the short hair and she was so cool. And her era was a little closer. Like she was more relatable than Samantha was. And that was who I had the most experience with at the time. I just thought she was incredible. Yeah. I really like how you're getting so involved with their backstories and reading their books and seeing the movies. What, aside from Kit, what were the books that you were reading and what were your favorites? Well, I read Samantha with my mom and my dad in my bed almost every single night when I first got her for like a year straight I would read it over and over and over again I love her um I don't know if you can tell but I love Samantha (laughs) we Um, do too it's okay (laughs) she's our fave um and then I got some of the books I think my cousin Jillian gave me a lot of her books I really loved to read I still do I love reading um and as a kid these were so cool to read to get me like introduced to history and stuff so I I think I read Molly next which like meh and then Felicity I love Felicity I loved are we ever gonna have someone on this podcast that is really into Molly like I, I feel mean like even even the girls that had Molly don't like Molly I feel like our past guest Shannon was very into Molly <laughs> That's true. Or, or actually, was she though? I feel like she was actually kind of lukewarm on her. <laughs> she had Molly because Molly looked like her, which like Lindsay will tell you that just because you have glasses as a kid doesn't mean you want a doll with glasses. No, I had glasses and that was like the furthest doll from my mind. Like did not want her, didn't read her books, not interested at all in Molly. Yeah, I wasn't interested either. I also had glasses, but and I kind of do look like her, but I was never ever gonna ask her Molly for any <laughs> holiday. <laughs> I hate to say that, but like I don't know why. I just always thought she was one of the more boring dolls. She's just a little bit of a loser, and we can see that. 
but yeah, I re- I read her book maybe once, so I don't really remember it because I I wasn't that interested. Um, Felicity, I read Addie, and I think I read Rebecca like a thousand times as well. That was really cool. I, uh, I think that's it though but I, I would read them over and over again I would host a book club with the dolls because I had all the mini versions of the books so I would that's talk about them so cute that's so yeah. cute <laughs> were you were you into the other American Girl books as well like did you read the Karen Keeping of You or the Big Help book like what were what was your experience like with those my mother got me the care and keeping of you book and I forgot about it until you just said it but I went through it a few times and then like it went in like the closet and it went away and I didn't think about it and then things started applying to me she got it like a little too early but she it started applying to me so I'd go back and do a little research in the care and keeping of you book because all of a sudden it was becoming a little more serious (laughs) oh my gosh your instruction manual Claire can I just hear I because I'm curious because we've had a lot of guests say that um the care and keeping of you was presented to them by their mothers but everybody who has said that they had it talks about the way in which it was presented to them being like so awkward like I'm pretty I'm pretty sure my mom was just like came back from like a trip or something and was like oh I got you a gift and it was just like on my bed but like we never discussed it my mom gave me your copy of the book I think it was was your (laughs) oh my god I'm gonna have to call my mom and check with her and then you can check with your mom (laughs) it was either yours or my cousin Jill's I think it was a used copy for sure and she gave it to me I was sitting I was probably like 10 I was too young 10 and she kind of just dropped it in my lap and said oh here I like this I somebody gave this to you I have this for you I think it might be good and then like that I think it might be good that's where she left it she just walked out so I like I kind of like went through it got the gist I was like not interested I'm gonna keep doing what I was doing over here I got Legos to build and then like I turned like 12 and I was like wait a minute like I've I've read about this exact situation let me go back so I kept it like in a in a very back area of my closet hidden by like my treasure chest full of American girl like clothes or whatever but it was there and whenever I needed it I I had it for a long time and I was I was like I'm not gonna google it like google's gonna know so that was like that was all I had for a while oh my god that's amazing I can't wait to ask my mom I would I would text her right now but I know she's I know she's asleep and I know your mom's asleep too so it's 8 p.m for context for the listeners but both of our moms go to bed at like 7 45 practically and that's that's my dream (laughs) I feel like it would be so funny to do an episode with all of like the moms that have given their daughters <laughs> the book and just have like a little like montage of the backstory of the mothers giving the book to their kids being like, and I just slipped it under the door or I laid <laughs> it on their bed gently. So I didn't have to have this conversation. <laughs> Literally, it was like an avoidance tactic. Yes, it was. Right? <laughs> um, well, Claire, I think we touched on this super briefly, but just so we can all have closure on the situation your dolls are still alive and well and with us today, aren't they? Every single one of them is in my closet right now. 
um it's my parents we just moved our house like I said so there was really no place to put them like the basement feels wrong to me and the attic too so I was like (laughs) I guess they're going in my closet so that's where they'll be but I want to save them in case I have a little girl someday because I I know that I benefited so much from having them and it's gonna save me so much money to (laughs) be able to just pull from my collection yeah whatever plus they're like now they're like some of them are worth money because they don't make them anymore all of them probably are my girl Nellie yeah I'm thinking yeah (laughs) <laughs> Nellie was Nellie was working class before, but she's showing us all. Right, right. She's rising up in the ranks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Claire, you kind of just touched upon this, but would love to hear your thoughts on what lasting impression did American Girl leave on you? You know, I was so thankful to have the books and to know the stories of these historical dolls because I grew up in the era of like Beauty and the Beast where it was the first time a Disney princess had had like a voice and a personality that wasn't like a prince saving her and my parents had always kind of drilled that into me like you are so much more and seeing that happen in the American Girl stories where the girls despite their age are overcoming obstacles and like taking part in history was just so amazing to me and I wanted to be just like them so much so I would study up and I read all their books and I got to know about each one and it affected my play like I would play pretend with my friends and I was I wanted to be the hero in every story and I didn't care that I was young I didn't care that I was a girl and that's carried over now into my adulthood I'm a strong independent girl and I don't rely on anybody else and I think that's the most important thing that American Girl has taught me and I really want that for my kids someday (laughs) I absolutely love that. That's such an important message. And I really like that you kind of compared that to Disney where it's like the goal was falling in love or being saved by a man, but be your own hero. And the independent messaging was so strong with every single American girl where they, you know, were just trying to better their lives around them and be strong for the tough circumstances that a lot of them found themselves in. And I love that you took that to heart and have grown into the young woman that you are. That's really wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Like, I think for a lot of people, they've said like similar things, but I think, you know, really touching down on something you said about like the independence of it all, like, I think American Girl does a really good job of telling stories that are like historically accurate and realistic, but still are like, you know, girls today you know even though it's different circumstances different times like can still take these lessons with them definitely and it's like we're going through some really hard times right now like here's hoping that American Girl is still with us 50 years from now 20 25 years from now and they're doing a pandemic girl (laughs) today 2020. She comes with three KN95 masks (laughs) (laughs) and and two rapid home COVID tests that really work. (laughs) Her laptop with Netflix. (laughs) Yeah, Lysol wipes. Lysol wipes. Yeah, exactly. Her work from home, her 
struggle is that her parents are working from home and <laughs> the whole family is on school top. at home. <laughs> yeah, her Zoom <laughs> classes. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like this might actually happen. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> it's unprecedented times. Um, well, on that note, shall we, ladies, get into the game portion? Let's do yes. it. All right. So Claire, our game for you today is a subjective game and it's actually more of just like a association game. So you let me know and Lindsay know through our questionnaire who your favorite celebrity was. So I'd like you to think of that celebrity and think of what American girl you think that they would have. So you named Rachel McAdams, iconic actress of Mean Girls and The Notebook, as your favorite celebrity. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Okay, perfect. So what doll do you think Rachel would have? Um, I think it's so interesting because she was in Mean Girls, and that's probably, like, one of her most famous roles, but what I know her for is Claire Cleary in Wedding Crashers, where she's playing, like, this just such a kind-hearted, sweet, dispositioned woman, and, like, I've seen her in so many more roles where she's so kind, and then that Regina George, like, crazy mean character came out of left field. I didn't see that till so much later. But I think as a person, though, she's so, like, quirky and fun, and she's really talented to play all those parts. I'm, I'm tempted to give her Samantha because, like, I always, like, associate Claire Cleary with, like, a character like that. I want to give her Kit, I think, just because Kit is so quirky and fun and, like, is so multidimensional, I think, that I think it works for her. <laughs> I love, I love that. that. Yeah, I think that. I think that that kind of, like encompasses all the different aspects you're talking about like you know there's like a little bit of Regina in the spunkiness a little Mm -hmm. bit of like Allie maybe in like the escapism and then a little bit of her wedding crashers character in like the rest of her traits because Kit's a very multifaceted character in the American Girl Doll universe so I like that answer I also think Samantha would have been good too for like yeah especially a Regina George type I don't know why (laughs) that is like the one that I associate her with the most definitely yeah I feel like Kit is so like adaptive to her environment and that's something that Rachel definitely embodies with all of her acting and her different characters and I don't know too much about Kit and her story um but from what I know that definitely checks out (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was so much fun, Claire. Thank you so much for joining us today. We absolutely loved connecting with you and hearing all about your AG experience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.